Hey everyone, welcome to Quick Takes. It is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Alex Raleigh, and I'll be joined shortly by Alex Norman to help me break down some of the news and headlines from the past week in Canadian tech. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening and share your takes on the news with us as well. Today's headlines are crypto companies continue to raise, Penny raises to modernize direct selling, and with Canadian tech news slowing down, is less news bad news? We'll have to find out from Alex Norman, who will join me right now. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey Alex, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, I'm very interested to hear your takes on these headlines, especially um, the limited uh, news we've been seeing recently in the Canadian tech ecosystem. But we'll start with um, the crypto news. So crypto companies are continuing to raise um, at a massive scale. Um, a few companies have raised recently. Maybe you can just start by breaking down that news for us. Yeah. So. Two recent announcements, uh, announcements this week. Uh, Burnaby-based Vibe Networks raised 10.5 million US, led by uh, cryptocurrency exchange FTX, with participation from a bunch of funds that are more crypto-based that you probably aren't familiar with. Then there's Mash, who raised 6 million USD, led by Castle Island Ventures and Whitecap Venture Partners, with participation from uh, you know Space Cadet Ventures, Maple VC, Strategic Cyber Ventures, and several crypto-related angels. So um, just for those who might not know a little bit about these companies, can you tell us what they do? Okay. Vibe provides software infrastructure that allows users to access and use both real-time and historical data from the Solana blockchain. MASH uses Bitcoin in the Lightning Network, which makes Bitcoin sort of faster, to enable creators and builders to monetize their work on an ongoing basis. So instead of using like ads or a subscription, they, these people can char allow people to access their work and charge them on a metered basis so I don't know, every five articles you read you pay 10 cents or every hour you use so it, it changes the dynamics of how you can charge hypothetically making it more accessible crypto companies have struggled recently and have crashed so why um were these ones able to raise you know i i think this raise sort of reflects the crash in token prices uh neither company and and where investors are being a bit more selective neither company is you know, uh, end user play, you're not talking about a game, you're not talking about some uh, unique new SaaS uh, software. Mm -hmm. um, investors are not invest investing in tokens, they're doing more traditional equity investments. Um, so they're not going to necessarily get liquidity right away. And the valuations don't seem crazy high, but that's without knowing the underlying data. So they might be high compared to traditional startups. Um, the other thing that these companies both have in common is they're, they're building infrastructure for layer one or to use layer one. Um, Vibe provides information on Solana, well, MASH makes the Bitcoin network more useful as a payment uh, payment system. Uh, and also, I don't think we're going to head into crypto winter like we saw before. Like, there's a mm -hmm. lot of more developers in, uh, in the ecosystem. There's a lot more actual use case, and there's a lot more money there. So it's hard. I, I can't see us going back to the period of the the, the dark periods of like 2018 and 19. So you touched on investors specifically. So, so who are these investors, and why uh, should people care about that? So quite a few of these investors are crypto funds or crypto angels. Mm -hmm. They have capital to deploy. And by funding infrastructure, they're hoping to make the entire ecosystem more valuable. Um, so like they have to deploy capital. So they have money and they'll continue investing in crypto. The other interesting thing here is the, you know, the leader of Vibe is FTX. They're a leading, um, really well-capitalized crypto exchange. And I'm seeing their name pop up more and more as leading rounds and getting involved around. So I think... Yeah. They're taking advantage of your position of being well-known, well-capitalized to invest and own more chunks of the ecosystem. 
So are you saying we should be buying Solana and Bitcoin right now? <laughs> That's your personal choice. We don't provide any financial advice on this uh, on this uh, podcast or videos. Yeah, uh, no, that's totally fair. Um, any advice for our community um, when it comes to Web3 and crypto? Well, if you believe in what the Web3 revolution before, you should still believe in it now. As a founder, it may be harder to raise funds, but as a contributor employee, there may be more long-term upside than there was before because the stuff's not getting priced quick. You're not getting priced out of the upside quickly. Uh, infrastructure is being built, which will hopefully make it easier to build new apps and new tools and new software. And, you know, hopefully these next layer of products find unique solutions to problems, which is how you create value. Um, crypto, as I said before, crypto funds, crypto angels raised a ton of money and took a lot of it off the table in 2021. Expect them to be continue to be active in funding, the, you know, let's call it the rebellion or the anti-Web2 movement. And look for more companies like MASH, which you know, help bridge the crypto world to the rest of the economy. So you're going to see more and more companies that, like, like I believe, like you don't, you still talk about artificial companies and mobile-first companies. But you know, if you go back to 2008, oh, it is a mobile-first company. Well, every company now has mobile. So eventually, I think 90% of technology companies will incorporate some of the features and functionality of Web3. So expect to see more and more companies help make that easy. Expect mm -hmm. more companies to do this natively. Perfect. Thank you, Alex. Um, this is a great way to get your uh, news and advice and trends from the week in tech. But another way, if you'd like to get it right to your inbox, is by subscribing to the TechTO newsletter. Uh, if you haven't already done so, uh, techtio.org backslash newsletter. Um, great place to find out about you know some of these raises, funding news, um, what's happening across our ecosystem um, for events, podcasts, anything that's dropping. Um, Alex, is there anything you're really excited to read about this week? Hmm. I'm always excited to see our long form on Thursdays. So I, yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what yesterday's was or next week's will be, because I because I can see before they're actually public. <laughs> uh, but I always find those the most interesting because it gives us a bit yeah. more time to get into something. They're also um, contributed by our community as well. So it's yeah. great to you know leverage the amazing talent and the bright minds of these innovators and founders and entrepreneurs that we that we have as part of our ecosystem. So I I think they're very cool as well. Uh, next up. Uh, Penny uh, raises to modernize direct selling. Um, it used to be called MLM. We'll get into that. But to start, maybe explain what direct sales organizations are. So these are direct sales organizations are rebranded name for industry that used to be called um, multi-level marketing organizations. Uh, the industry had a stale and bad image, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. So they rebranded themselves in all aspects of organizations. They used to have these things, you know, salespeople now called sales consultants. So, hey, let, let's put a modern veneer in something that, you know, is a, is a functional industry, but got a, a you know bad rep in the late 80s or early through the 90s. Mm -hmm. And as mentioned, used to be called MLM, multi-level marketing. Um, can you tell us what that is and why that might be interesting? So, you know, if you think of the traditional consumer brand retail, uh, you know, relationship, it's, you mm -hmm. know, it's either a brand sells directly to you. Like, you know, you can think of um, Warby Parker. Or yep. you can think of a brand that sells to retailers. What MLM does is they encourage independent salespeople to represent organizations and sell their products. So the traditional ones, and maybe I'm dating myself as Avon, Tupperware, or mm -hmm. more modern LaLaRue, where they're basically these organizations are selling their clothing directly to an independent person who then goes sells directly to the consumer and owns that relationship and gets margins. The thing that makes it multi-level marketing is if they recruit another salesperson, that salesperson then builds a relationship with the with the brand 
but right. that person that recruited them also gets a cut of their sales. So you have incentives for people to sell directly and also to recruit other people that sell and that's how they grow. Um, in the early 2010s, you saw a few tech, a few tech startups launch basically fully integrated tech stack. Hey, we're a multi-level marketing company. We're all doing online and we have our tools. It wasn't available to anyone else. But outside those organizations, the entire industry is still has traditionally used paper, pen, maybe Excel, and has been kind of laggard to, to technology. And despite the reputation of not being, you know, something that you should get involved in, it, it, it's a relatively huge industry. Like I think most people know even on Tupperware and, you know, if you're in the target demographic, LaLaRue, you know, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones that I just uh, I'm unaware of. Yeah. So, so again, thanks for the sort of like background on what the MLM side of things is speaking about just Penny in specifically, what do they, what do they do? So it's interesting. They offer a suite of tools that modernize the whole process. They, they don't target just the corporations or the sellers. They have tools for both sets. So if you look at the sellers, they have a CRM and productivity suite that digitizes their business and improves their productivity. So for example, if you look at the, the tools, they'll tell you what's your sales, what's your action items you should do today. Or it might say, here's what your customers have a birthday today. So it makes it makes life a lot easier. It manages, you know, it's just basically CRM, productivity tool, and hopefully those consultants should be have more sales. On the corporation size, they have a bunch of reporting and other software to make, improve and enhance. So they're enhancing this industry and bring mm-hmm. them into the modern age. Do you, in your opinion, think this is working? Again, don't know their numbers. Wasn't really familiar with this company before I saw the raise. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you know, given the market and given what the rate, they raised $27 million. It was led by PSG with participation from Acronym Ventures and Scale Up Ventures. There must be something solid there that's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to note is it's interesting to scale up and participate. They're one of the, they did not raise a new fund. And they, you know, last time they raised a fund was like four or five years ago, maybe longer. Um, but they did, you know, like most start uh, most funds they keep follow-on money to invest in their winners reinvest in them so you know they reinvest in this opportunity here it's just but they don't have you know if you're going to approach them they probably will they don't have money for new investments and lastly just some takeaways and learnings uh for our community you know like look at the look at the industries you participate in what you look you know where, where you you know everyone has different life experiences and mm-hmm. i think most I'm in tech, I'm deeply in tech, and I think everything's modernized and uses technology. There's a lot of laggard industries, a lot of industries still that can be revolutionized by tech. Find those opportunities and pursue. Like I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Um, I also mentioned one thing about Penny, which I love. Um, they, you know, researching, they have over 50% of their engineering team is women. Um, you know, I've actually yesterday I was talking with a couple of founders about inclusivity and diversity. And I, you know, I hate the trope that it's hard to find women engineers. I just think you have to do it at the beginning and it, and it makes it makes it easier. So if you if you want a diverse team and however you define that, there is the talent out there. You just have to make the effort. Um, and I guess, like I said, with uh, scale up, you know, lots of founders look at announcements, see which VCs are in those announcements and go target those VCs. I think it's good to see which VCs are investing, but you then have to go look and do a bit more research before you're reaching out because you could be wasting your time in the email reaching out to a VC that basically hasn't raised in a while, a new fund in a while, doesn't have money to invest. Right. Perfect. Oh, thanks, Alex. Um, before we go into our, our last headline of the day that we're going to touch on, uh, just we want to preview some of the awesome upcoming in real life events we have for our community. So 
Uh, next week on Monday, June 13th, we will be in Vancouver at Roundhouse Community Arts and Recreation Center, uh, joined by some amazing speakers. Um, we'll actually have uh, Laura Backman from our team uh, who will be there in real life. So if you're in Vancouver, want to buy some tickets available across our social um, on our website as well. Um, meet and mingle with some of the brightest minds uh, from the tech Vancouver ecosystem. So that one's very exciting. And we also have a summer social series continuing June 21st. Um, got a fun uh, game that we're playing with some VCs and entrepreneurs. Uh, stay tuned for more details on that. Again, tickets available on our social and website as well. Um, and to really look ahead for what's coming up July 7th, uh, we're pleased and proud to partner with 111 to bring you um, another edition of our summer social. Uh, and this one will be at the slip. So new location, uh, same vibes, same good weather, great food, great networking. Um, so very excited for that. If you haven't gotten tickets, social on our website, definitely check it out. Um, okay, so to wrap up some of the news, we have been saying this, um, at least in recent memory, there has been um, a lot of um, crickets a little bit when it comes to the news in the Canadian tech ecosystem. Um, so why is Canadian tech news slowing down? Is this a bad sign? Is this a good sign? Um, does that mean the market has slowed um, to a standstill, in your opinion? So, so quite a few questions there. Um, <laughs> I, I would agree there's been fewer notable announcements and like notables, large raises, large acquisitions. I would say, you know, so if I look at a breakdown of the market, I don't think the early stage deals appear to have slowed down significantly. They're happening at a slower pace. There's less incentive to announce these deals, but they're still happening. Like just even in my portfolio, we had two, I had two companies announced the rounds this, this basically this past week, Send Basing and Cruzy. Um, yeah. We just don't usually discuss them in quick takes because it's hard to do analysis. You don't like, it, it's usually an investment in a team or some traction or some, you know, idea. And, you know, it's, it's usually pretty surface level. The only reason that maybe we discuss them is if there's like, okay, there's a new trend emerging. Oh, all of a sudden, yeah. that'll, everyone's investing in quantum apps. Like, okay, let's discuss that. The latest deals, deals are happening at an, glacial pace and the valuations have have declined and compressed so you know i i think there's less cheerleading there's less you know and there's less pressure to do employer branding so i yeah. think a lot of those even the ones that are happening aren't necessarily being announced um and and there's a lot less happening so i do think early stage is probably you know 70 percent of where it was last two years late stage is probably 30 to 40 percent but less news is being announced um yeah yeah, and I know that when it comes to what we um, choose to talk about and break down, it always kind of comes down to what the takeaways could be for anyone that's yeah. joining us and listening. And that's um, definitely um, makes our selections uh, tougher sometimes when it comes to the news and what we want to talk about. Um, we have heard about layoffs happening recently, but why are we not talking about them? To be honest, there's not much to say about them. Why are they happening? Uh, just startups are trying to lower burn. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the incentives on how companies are being valued have changed. Uh, if you go back 12 months ago, companies were being rewarded for one metric only growth. The speed okay. of companies top line was growing. Um, that's no longer true. What's happening now is they're being rewarded for growth and the ability to show cash flow or positive, which is the, you know, so different valuations, different pressure. So these companies 
that were primed for what they were being in, you know, valued at growth. We're hiring yeah. people before they knew them. We're doing it at all costs. Marginal, the marginal dollar of growth was not important. Just is just what it was a cost. A marginal cost of a new revenue was not important. That's no longer the case. So what these companies do are now right-sizing their companies, um, letting people go um, so they could either, and, and going for slower growth, but more, let's say, bottom line focused growth. And I don't think there's an indication that companies are unhealthy or have a bad business model. Right. Um, I don't think there's an indication these people were bad. I just think it's the way the incentives in the ecosystem are working have changed significantly. And so a lot of these companies that raise those big rounds of $50 million and we're going to basically deploy it all into people. Right. And like, okay, we, we don't, we don't, we're not getting rewarded for this. So let's not do this. And related to just acquisition news specifically, um, does that mean that there's less acquisitions happening just given how quiet it's been? I think there's actually more acquisitions right now. If, if I'm a founder, or, you know, of a company that sort of can't grow into an next valuation or is having a bit of, you know, see, five, six months run away and I'm not near, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to raise. I think I want to be looking to sell. And that choice is going to become much more evident than it was 24 months ago. I think there's some companies that are good financial position and will be smart playing about this, but they'll be smaller. They won't be disclosed. And very few of the acquisitions that we're seeing announced now include any numbers of strategic rationale and it's it's without some base like if it's a two-line hey we've just acquired so-and-so it's hard for us to really dig in unless we know both parties or one of the parties and in, in acquisition then it's also what can we talk about um yeah you know so yeah. so i do think there's actually going to see the acquisition and the acquisition pace pick up significantly pick up okay well, that's good to know um and lastly what should our members or community do you have any advice for maybe what they should be doing in this environment uh, stay calm uh, you know, good advice. <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't, don't do anything different than before. I think if you're an employee, you want to find a great company to work for and make sure you believe in the mission and the founders and you'll get, you know, you're paid, you'll get learned stuff. And I think that's what you should be doing before it's, you know, it's hard to time. It's even when the best market's hard to get the right company. If you're looking for a quick buck, it's hard to find the right company. Um, realize you may have a bit less leverage in negotiating a package you like. And so maybe instead of waiting two months to start a job, they might want you to start them a, a week. Uh, maybe you, you get two weeks vacation instead of three, but like if you find the right opportunity, just realize that you might have less opportunity to um, negotiate your package. It's also might be a good time to start a company. Uh, okay. I think, you know, we talk about inflation, but I think the cost of starting a company will, will relatively be less expensive right now. Your opportunity cost is less because, you know, you're not, you're, you're not going to see, you're not, you are probably leaving less on the table. Um, I think engine, the cost of employees is going to be, you know, is not going to have this upward pressure that it was in the last 24 months. I think you could, if you're smart, you could probably, if you want to have an office, you can probably sublet a lot more office right now. So yep. the cost and your opportunity cost is better to start coming now. And finally, I think this is a perfect time to stay involved in community, you know, love it to be the tech TO, but it doesn't have to be it. I think once, when, the best way to know what's going on, have support from others and finding interesting opportunities is to be involved with the community. And, yep. um, you know, it's great to be part of a remote, you know, and distributed community. And I encourage you to be on your discord talking about Solana, but I think it's also a good time to be super involved with what's going on because, you know, having people support you is the best way to get through times when they're tough. I love that. Uh, leverage the community. And if you want to start a business, now's the time. Um, I think that's some great advice. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining and for breaking down uh, some of these headlines for us. Um, 
don't forget to register for our upcoming events that I touched on briefly, social media and across our website. Um, subscribe to our newsletter at techtio.org backslash newsletter. And like and subscribe to Quick Takes wherever you're watching or listening. Share your takes with us. And we'll see you on the inside. We're in the business of delivering impossible things. We're in the business of delivering things that nobody's ever seen before. If you build that culture, you'll come up with you know really cool and innovative stuff, and you know, literally could be in the next multi-billion dollar idea. So this conversation is largely going to be about scaling yourself and scaling your leadership team. I want to talk about one of the biggest struggles that I think a lot of startups face early on, which is building initial traction.